and welcome, peoples of the interwebs, to Zy Christie. And me, Kelly. And you're back joining us once again. Yes. At Unnerved. Hello, welcome, or welcome back. Uh, it's Christy and I, and we talk about a horror movie every other week, then we talk about the plot, and then we talk about fun facts. So, Yee. welcome. Yes. And this week, we are covering... Us, from 2019. Yep, which was a recommendation from my Kelly's uncle. uncle. Sean. <laughs> So he's back once again with them recommendations. No, it's a pretty good recommendation. Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Oh, it's pretty good. Oh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Friday. It's been a long week. Yes. We're a little tired. We're a little loopy. A little hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going to get into it. Kelly, hit us with the cast. Okay, our cast is. Okay, so while I'm going to do this is because. Obviously, if you've seen this movie, you know, or, like, even the trailer, they, the actors play themselves, or, like, some kind of version, and then they also play what we call a tethered version. So, I will be giving the actor's name, their first regular version, and then their tethered name. Okay. Okay, so, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, she plays Adelaide Wilson, her tethered character is Red, the main baddie. Uh, and then there's Winston Duke, who's Gabriel or Gabe Wilson. He plays Abraham as the tethered character. Shahadi Wright Joseph is Zora Wilson, who tethered character name is Umbre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Alex plays Jason Wilson and Pluto. Elizabeth Moss plays Kitty, Te- Kitty Tyler or Dahlia. Tim Heidecker plays Josh Tyler or Tex. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II plays Russell Thomas or Wayland. Uh, Anna Diop, Diop plays Rain Thomas or Eartha. Callie Sheldon plays Becca Tyler or Eo. And Noelle Sheldon plays Lindsay Tyler or Nix. And this is directed by Jordan Peele, the same guy who did Get Out. This is yes. his second film. Yes. And it's appropriate that we're doing Us this year because... Nope comes out later this I year. I am very excited to see Nope. I saw the new trailer that came out yesterday. It's, oh. It looks good. I'm going to have to watch it. It looks very Skinwalker Ranch-esque to me. Oh, oh, I like that feel. That's going to yes. be creepy. Yeah, so we'll have to cover that at the end of the year after it comes out and there's more stuff behind the scenes and all that. Yes. Uh, but anyways, back to us. <laughs> uh, let's jump into this plot, this, this thick, juicy plot here. Yes. Big, thick plot energy. <laughs> I told you, I'm a little loopy. All right, so we get a brief explanation at the very beginning, a brief paragraph, if you will, that there are abandoned tunnels beneath the United States that stretch for thousands of miles, various subway tunnels, service routes, and mine shafts, and that many have no idea uh, of the purpose. So it's there's no creepy. known purpose, and that's the paragraph we start off with. Then we cut to an older box TV from the 80s, so this is an 86, um, mm-hmm. on a news channel, and then it switches over to commercials for uh, Hands Across America, and then uh, there's another commercial right after that for the Santa Cruz uh, boardwalk. Yep, Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Yeah. So, when we're looking at the television, some things that are also around the television... So, in the background, we have the VHS for Chud, which is uh, about creatures under the ground and being, uh, coming up from the surface. I 
curiosity. So, hint for that. It should. Like, I know that's a thing in Stephen King's universe. Is this a Stephen King thing, or is that unrelated? I believe unrelated. Okay. Um, and then there's also Goonies, which is about a bunch of kids going underground and looking for treasure. I have never seen the Goonies. <laughs> How could you? I, uh, I mean, are you surprised, though? <laughs> no. Uh, there's also a VHS for The Right Stuff, which is about exploring an unknown frontier. And then there's also Nightmare on Elm Street and Man with Two Brains. Yeah, Man with Two Brains is the, probably the biggest parallel. Yes. So it's kind of hinting that there's two. But if you don't catch it in the background and you don't know about the plot, it really doesn't give anything away. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch it at all watching this, and I didn't know the plot, so. And there you go. So then when as we're watching the Boardwalk commercial, it fa- it quickly actually switches to a little girl on, on her birthday with her mom and dad mm-hmm. uh, at the boardwalk, and her dad wins her a Michael Jackson thriller t-shirt. Yeah, and she's really excited. Mom's a little bit worried. She's, oh, you know, that's scary. Maybe she's scared of that, but I think it was cute. Yes. Dad is definitely inebriated. Yeah, he's a little tipsy. He is, and Mom seems a, a little, little done. She's it. annoyed. Yeah. She's got that, like, I'm sick and tired of this kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. So. So we also kind of get that they fight a few times. They're, it's not a happy marriage is kind no. of the idea here. They're probably trying to stay together for her type of situation. Mm-hmm. So dad now wants to play whack-a-mole. And mom is like, I'm going to go use the restroom. The little girl does not want to go with the restroom. She wants to stay with dad. Yep. So she asks, or mom asks dad to watch her. Yeah. And typical dad fashion, I'm watching her, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he brushes it off. But of course she decides to wander off. Yeah. Kind of creepy. This is, it's very eerie, this whole sequence of events. Yeah. She wanders off and she walks past a man holding a sign saying Jeremiah 1111. Yes. Um, which is from the King James Bible, uh, it, the quote from that is, Therefore thus say, saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape, and, thou, and though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Hearken, yeah. Hearken. Hearken. I don't know. You said saith, right? And I was like, I didn't know how to say that. So. I got, hey, <laughs> we both got a word. So. Huzzah. But yes, what creepy Creepy. Also, Eleven appears a lot throughout the movie. I did not notice this, but reading back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. (laughs) Like... Yeah, the prize that she gets is prize number Eleven. Yeah. There's Eleven on an ambulance later on in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, Eleven, Eleven is known to be, like, a magic number, but also it's a mirror of itself. I think that, that more so, I think, growing up, like, I don't know about you, but I always heard, always heard Eleven, Eleven, Make a Wish. Yep, no because it's, consi- it's considered a magic number. Okay, so. So, there there you go. But it's more for the duality and the mirror of itself. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. In this context, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, she keeps walking past a uh, creepy Bible dude, and she goes down to the beach and into a fun house, also a house of mirrors. I hate house of mirrors. Mm, no, thank you. And also, no one's there. No one's there. No, it she is just dark. walks in. She just decides. It's like she's drawn to it in some way. Yeah. 
Uh, it's called Vision Quest Find Yourself. And then the second she walks in, it begins to downpour. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then we have a wonderful little owl jump scare. Oh, yeah. That which kind of pops out of nowhere. In, in the theater, it was a good jump scare. When you're watching it at home, it's not really a great jump scare. But in the theater, it's True. a good jump scare. Um, she walks through, like, a wooded forest area and then into the mirror maze. And then the lights burn out. Yeah. Because storm takes away the power. Yep. Wow. Creepy. Um... So she tries to follow the exit sign, but of course she's in a hall of mirrors, mm -hmm. so the exit sign is reflecting all, off of all the mirrors. And she's, she's rightfully scared. Yeah, she's lost in mirrors, there's no power, like... There's nobody around. Nobody around, no dad, no nothing. And she's young, I would say maybe like four or five. I, yeah, five or six is what I would put her at. I okay. think she's above four. Okay. Like, clearly I'm in so school. so bad at guessing kids' names. <laughs> Ages. Ages. And names. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. So, to uh, kind of try and calm herself and get through this, she starts whistling Itsy Bitsy Spider to calm herself down. Mm hmm Which also, you know, underground, like, Itsy Bitsy Spider crawled up the, the water spot. spot. Yep. So, a lot of... Uh, Metaphors. Metaphoric whistling happening. <laughs> and as she's walking around, she leans against a mirror, but it's not a mirror. Yeah. And she hears someone whistling Itsy Bitsy Spider, but completely off key and off a rhythm. Mm hmm So, that's a hint for later. Um, and when she turns around, her reflection does not turn with her. And oh, she's, this is very good, this scene. Ooh. She's a double of herself, mm -hmm. and then it cuts. Well, yeah, she, the double herself. We don't see that it's herself, but yeah. she, so just another little girl, at least from the back, looks identical. It's so creepy. Yeah. I think we see her screaming, like, and then it cuts. She's about to scream. Okay. Like, no verbal comment, but she's doing the inhale for it. Yep. So then we cut to the white rabbit in a cage that um, comes, like, zooms out, and this we get the like wall. This is like an opening sequence. Yeah, we get the wall of caged bunnies in a classroom setting. Yep. To some very intense music. Very. It was so intense. It's spooky. <laughs> it's so spooky. Spooky. I mean, I will say Jordan Peele does a very good job with, like, choosing music for his movies. Cause Absolutely. Get Out has a really creepy song in the opener as well. Mm-hmm. So. And a lot of double meanings, mm -hmm. like, stuff in the lyrics that you wouldn't think about it's actually It's very pertaining. well thought out. Like, everything yeah. he does in a movie feels very intentional. Which I appreciate. Nice. Uh, but yeah, and then once we find, it's a very slow zoom out, so we've got like a good like two minutes of this, mm -hmm. and then it cuts to a family of four on a nice little road trip on present day. Yeah, apparently this is a nod to The Shining because they're, they're driving and it kind of shows them driving up to their vacation home, which is very similar to, um, oh my gosh, his name, I'm just thinking Jack, Jack Nicholson, Torrance. but thank you, Jack Torrance driving his family up to the, the hotel. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Although that was winter and this is summer. True. True. No. I mean, although if it was winter in California where they are, you wouldn't be able to tell if it was winter or not. This is true. So. But it's very clearly like summer. It's nice. It's like it's summer vacation. vacation home, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so they make it to the vacation house. Dad awakens the kids by screaming as loud as possible, which is great. Dad is very lovable. Yeah, he very much definitely dad. has dad energy. He totally does. Suburban dad. Oh, yeah. And they un- unload the car, and they take everything inside, and then they have some lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are discussing Zora's potential for track and field in the next coming years. W- wasn't she reluctant to do it? She's reluctant to continue it. Okay. So she's been doing it probably through middle school and the beginning of high school because she's wanting to learn how to drive. Mm-hmm. So she's probably getting close or is 15. Yeah. Is my vibe. So she's like, do I really want to continue track and field? Like, what's the point? Right. And they're like, well, you can be an Olympian. You can do whatever you want. Like, we're trying to support you. Right. You put. You can do whatever you put your mind to, your dreams and yeah. your goals. So they're trying to support her and, like, like, hey, don't give up on something. That unless, you work so hard Unless for. you absolutely dislike it and want to try something else. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, then it switches to the idea of going down to the Santa Cruz Boardwalk Beach, uh, which Adelaide looks visibly shocked and a little uncomfortable by that suggestion Up from Gabe. Set. And Gabe doesn't know, so clearly she hasn't told him anything of her past in that regard. Correct. Yeah, but she's just like, Really? Yeah. We're gonna go to the beach. We have a beach. It's a little beach. It's right over there. They basically live on a lake. Yeah, it's a little, it's like a circular lake, and there's, like, houses that out, like, surround it. Yeah, it's a lake. So everybody's got a little area. Uh, and then we have a little flashback to little Adelaide playing in a playroom. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Overhearing mom and dad. Uh, they are concerned that she's no longer acting like herself. She's not talking. Not talking, not expressing herself, that she's just kind of blank stared and she's not herself. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is after the incident in the funhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly the marriage between mom and dad is deteriorating. Mom blames dad for not watching Adelaide. He definitely looks guilty. Like, he feels guilty. Yes. You never really, really get good, like, visuals of mom and dad no i just think it was interesting it's very much from her point of view adelaide's point of view yeah so like she can't really see above a certain the camera angles are really low yep it's at the child's height yes um but dad kind of pats her on the head and walks away and then we cut back to present day adelaide staring at a spider crawling across the table so I don't remember that. Yes, there's a little spider. I believe you. I just so there's actually a big plastic spider on the table. Okay. That's all black, and then there's like a little light brown spider that's crawling out from underneath it. Symbolism and hints set foreshadowing and whatnot. Ah. But she's just staring at it, and Gabe is going on about the beach, and she's just like, "I don't want to go to the beach." They have a little spat argument but he mm-hmm. shows off his big puppy dog eyes he's like but the kids really wanted to go to the beach and like and i promised them. promised and she's like fine we'll go but we have to leave before dark mm-hmm. and we also find out that the vacation home was adelaide's mom's house yes so now adelaide's gonna go look for jason uh he's 
hiding around somewhere, hiding from the family. Yeah. Uh, she does go down to the basement to find her old dance space. Yeah. We find out that she was doing ballet. And she, I think this is where she sees herself as a young Adelaide in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems kind of sad, kind of like reminiscent of something. Yeah. She also finds like a plush rabbit that she had, like a little mm. box of knickknacks that she had growing up. And I think it, mom's dead, right? Like it's, it's her mom is dead. She yes. inherited that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And uh, Jason jumps out at Zora, uh, and then he hides in the game closet. Zora knocks. She locks ch- him in. Well, there's like a toy that he's keeping the door open, mm-hmm. and she removes the toy by kicking it. So either the door locks from the like out outside. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't seem like she actually, like, physically locked it. Like, you just can't open the door from the inside, is the vibe I got. It it's, it could be the something's wrong with the door. The door's broken, never been fixed. Or Jason's just afraid of the dark and... That could also be. Panics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Adelaide comes up. They resolve the little sibling fight. Mm-hmm. And, let's see here, uh... I going ahead a little. Oh, they run outside, and Dad has a new boat. Dad loves his boat. The Craw Daddy. It ten out of ten name. I just love this boat. It's so <laughs> cute. It's such a dad thing. Uh, so yeah, he has a new boat, and there we have a nice humorous moment of the family. Like the three of them are just like Dad's lost his mind, and Dad's just like, I got this really cheap little boat, and it's gonna be great. And we're just gonna we're just gonna go fishing. It's gonna be great. This is a great family dynamic. They feel comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is a fake family. There doesn't feel like there's any problems with this family. Good unit. Yeah, they're they're a solid family unit. Um, so now we're gonna cut to them driving to the beach. Mm-hmm. It's it's early. It's it so is early, early. and uh, they are kind of talking in the car. But, you know, not a lot of great conversation is happening. So they turn on the radio and the song I Got Five on it starts playing, which is great. Mm-hmm. Love that song. A plus. So the whole family starts kind of singing along. Adelaide tries to get Jason to snap his trick ring. That he's been trying to get working. Yeah. Um, to the rhythm, which... We can tell that Adelaide is offbeat, like she mm-hmm. doesn't have good rhythm. So that's another hint yeah. right there. It's a little weird. Yes, it's like you can hear the beat. Like just tell Jason to try to snap to the beat instead of you trying to, but whatever. She's being a mom. She's being a mom. Uh, so they make it to the beach. Beach, beach. And we have a flashback moment to her in the car after the accident at the fun house listening to mom and dad fight about... Wasn't it, there was police there to, or something, or did they just... No, yeah, so the, the, in the flashback, it's just mom and dad fighting in the car and young her staring at them. Okay, okay. So then we bounce back to present day, and this is where you're thinking of the police. Okay. Uh, because there's dead guy that's getting wheeled away, and it, and we find out it's an older guy, who we saw back in 1986 holding the Jeremiah 1111 sign. Yes. So we find out he's dead. Ghetto. First kill of the movie. 
Yep. Uh, and Adelaide's like, don't look, kids. This isn't for your eyes. Yeah, of course they're going to look. <laughs> yeah, you're driving past it. Good luck. Yeah. So, cue the unsettling music again, and they walk across the beach, uh, past the fun house, and they meet up with the Tylers. Yes. I don't know how they know them, but it seems... Gabe knows what's-his-face from work. Um, his name is Josh. Yeah. They know each other from work, I believe, if I remember reading something correctly. Uh... And it sounds like maybe they both have vacation homes in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're kind of friends, but it's clear that Josh tries to, like, show up everybody, and Gabe wants to keep up with that mentality. It's a very keeping up with the Joneses, and Adelaide and Kitty don't seem to click very much. No, Kitty is very much more into her vanity and things of that nature, but Mm -hmm. they just don't want to talk they they don't know how to communicate no like they're trying they're having decent conversations it's amicable there's nothing there doesn't seem to be any bad blood it's just more that there's like a discomfort between the two the the guys are actually the friends yes the significant others are trying to just get get along get through the day right and the kids just ignore each other honestly the kids don't get along no so the kitty and josh have twins and they don't, they basically, like you said, they ignore, um, Oh, they Zora. try to talk, they tell Zora that Jason's weird. And she's just like, he does what he wants. Leave yeah, him alone. leave him alone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, yes, they're talking about the new boats. Mm-hmm. We find out Kitty had some work done. We find out Adelaide used to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. Which we already knew from her flashback, but that she didn't continue dance. Um... Zora, of course, is listening to, uh, listening to music, trying to tune out the twins. Jason walks away to go use the restroom. Yeah, which, surprise, surprise, the porta potties are right next to... The Fun House! Woohoo! Which, it has a different name, but I forgot what it was. It's Merlin something. Uh, I can look. Yeah, the name the name on the Fun House changed. Um, and while he's running off, Adelaide is staring off and trying to... Get through her conversation with Kitty. They're talking about coincidences. We cut back to Jason, who, after using the restroom, sees a man standing alone by himself with his arms stretched out. Mm-hmm. And blood. And blood uh, dripping from his hand. Um, and so Adelaide freaks out, because now she can't find Jason, and they all go into a panic. They do find him um, after said panic, and they go back home. She really, really panics. Really yes. I mean, she's in an uncomfortable situation, location. She doesn't want to be there. No. I mean, understandably. But yeah. she does not want to be there. I mean, she also kind of is like, weird stuff has happened to me here, and now my child is missing. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you find the name? Yeah, it's Merlin's Forest. It's a dumb name. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Adelaide says goodnight to the kids, talks to Jason about what happened at the beach. The clock turns 11-11. She sees a picture that Jason drew of the guy on the beach. Mm-hmm. And she tries to tell Gabe about the funhouse event. 
and she frames it in a way that it's something that still haunts her, still feels like it's there or coming for her. Yeah, or... that something is getting closer. Yeah, that since being in the vacation home, things are bad, real bad. Yeah, and she's been feeling like that apparently for a while, but it, it escalates when they're there. So then the... F- the power goes out. Mm-hmm. Much like that night several years ago. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Jason comes out and he's like, there's a family in our driveway. Super mm-hmm. creepy as a child does. And sure shit, there's a family of four holding hands in the driveway. Isn't yeah. that nice? They're coming to greet them. They're holding hands. You know what that means though? Very kumbaya. They what do not mean? bring something to the potluck. Oh my <laughs> god, there's no potato salad. <laughs> There's no coleslaw. What the fuck? Yeah, man. <laughs> Gotta Disgrace. bring something to the party. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, so Adelaide tells Zora that she needs her phone. She's going to call the police right away. Gabe is like, stop panicking. I'm going to go try and figure out what they need. Yeah. So he tries. He goes out there. He tries to be super nice. And he's like, hey... Can I help you with something? Silence. Nothing. No response, no nothing. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is weird. So go back inside. He gets the bat. Yep. He goes back outside and turns on his stereotypical uh, facade of trying to be super butch and protective dad. He's like, yeah. we, we could get crazy. <laughs> he's, he's doing his best. Yes. Which, that's obviously not his type of personality. But, mm-hmm. uh, one of the family members clicks and the rest of them dispersed creepily yes so he's like uh yeah no Adelaide tells her to get her shoes on well because one of them starts approaching him as well yes yeah uh, the biggest one starts yeah. approaching him and the two smallest ones Skitter. veer off to the sides Skitter. to surround the house so uh we find out that the police are 15 minutes away she mm-hmm. got through she talked 15 minutes away uh, we hear whistling of the Itsy Bitsy Spider again. Hmm. Beautifully done. Like, it's A+. Plus. And the creepy family managed to get into the house by breaking windows, finding unlocked doors. They all managed to get yeah. into the house. I mean, it's a vacation home. It is full of windows. Yes. They were not safe in there. Gabe got injured in the process. Mm-hmm. So his he's a little gimpy. Yep. He'll survive, nothing's broken, but he's going to be hurting for a little while. Yep. Um, and then we see the creepy family and, and our normal family mm-hmm. all in the living room, and they're mirroring each other, and we find out that they are a doppelganger family, so they are identicals of down the, the line, yep. and they're mirroring each other. Yep. Creepy. So, the red family is, like, backs against the fire... For the visual effect of them casting a shadow over the, um, the, our, the, our, the main family. So how do we want to call them? Do we want to call it's tethered, and then what do we want to call them? So initially it was red and white. Okay. We do that. Yeah. Red being tethered. Yes. White being just what they normally are wearing, and they're the normal family. Yes. Uh, so red goes into this very long monologue about the tethered concept and call out to lupita doing this voice oh my lord so she 
based this voice off of a condition called spasmodic dysphonia, Mm -hmm. which is a condition that causes a person's voice to, like, spasm. So she ended up going to different people for this, different professionals, a throat doctor, a vocal therapist, dialect coach, uh, because she wanted to be able to do this voice without damaging her voice, and she needed to play two different parts. Yep. Uh, so in the monologue, we find out that, uh, there are two girls that she's talking about in this timeline. Mm-hmm. That one had super nice foods and was warm and, mm-hmm. like, loved, and that the uh, the other had to eat raw rabbit. Mm-hmm. One had like Christmas plushies and whatnot, and the other one had sharp pointy toys. Yeah, that would cut her. Uh, the other one had a loving prince. The other one w- had an abusive, mean one, but she had to be married to him because they were tethered to like a shadow. Yes, and talks about how her girl is a vicious, terrible monster. How when she was giving birth to the youngest, she had a C-section, but the other one had to do it on herself. Mm-hmm. So, we can see that one is very privileged, very... Has it... Yes. A little bit easier, has has love, warmth in her life, and the other one, it's cold, it's harmful. It's not good. It's not... It's no bueno. And we, you know, we put two and two together that she's... Talking, talking about, about each other. Yes. Yeah. The white and the red. Mm-hmm. Um, red, we realize, is out for vengeance because she's sick and tired of being the one that has... To hurt. Yeah, that, yeah, that's being harmed. And she also thinks that she's being tested by God. Mm-hmm. So we learn real quick that the rest of the tethered can't speak. Yeah. Only red can speak. Right also important they all have this very interesting guttural screams that they can do but other than that you don't get any words yeah it's kind of like how like animals like bears would communicate and just like yell at each other Mm -hmm. but they understand what they're talking about to each other it's it's like a language of screams which is great (laughs) uh gabe asks who they are and red says that they're americans I know it's a funny line, but this this whole concept is the fact that, like, it, it's a classist movie. Like, yes. Get Out, yes. We, ha- we focused a lot on racism mm-hmm. and the difference between, like, how people perceive that and everything like that. And this one is the classist side. Yes. So, the bottom of the barrel to the middle class to the super rich. Yeah. So, we see it all. Versus very well off. Yes. And so, the family takes uh, their respective... Uh, Places. Yes. Their, respe- <laughs> their respective doppel, uh, double. Um, Adelaide was forced to train herself to the heavy coffee table. Abraham drags Gabe out to the boats. Uh, Zora runs and beats it out of there and mm. is running down the street. And Jason is instructed to, like, go play with Pluto, um, and he takes him to the game closet to show him one of his tricks, as Adelaide told him to do. Yes. So, everybody's all dispersed. 
egg cray cray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Gabe is fighting Abraham. Yeah. On the crawdad. Yeah. On the crawdaddy. Um, they're getting in and out of the boat. The boat, of course, is also not working very well. It's a... So we have some leggy moments. It's not the best boat in the world. It's a working boat, but it doesn't necessarily get started right away. Right. So their whole battle results in Abraham getting the blades of the motor through him. Yes. Which is excellent. Love it. That, that is great. Love a good kill like that. So Gabe is safe from his double. Yes. Excellent. We have Zora who makes it down the street, mm-hmm. but Ombre uh, catches up to her fairly quickly. Very quickly, and they have this like back and forth at the car, like they're testing one another. Mm-hmm. Ombre makes it on top of this car. Yep. Zora is getting ready to run again, and the guy that owns the car comes out. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, get off my fucking car!" Yeah. Zora sees this as her opportunity to run. I mean, she's smart. Yes, because Ombre's like, I'm going to deal with this guy because he's yelling at me and I'm a vicious monster. Yes. Rawr. So she <laughs> she stabs him in the dick. <laughs> yeah, they all have pairs of scissors with them. Yes. Which is important. Yeah. Um, And she just full on kneels down, goes straight up. Yep, uppercuts him with scissors in hand up into the dick. And he's just screaming, and Zora's running back yeah, to the house me too. to catch up to her family. Mm-hmm. Jason and Pluto are in the game closet. And Pluto likes to play with fire. Yes. And we realize that Pluto and Jason are more connected than everybody else because they are actually mimicking each other. Yeah, and they both wear masks. Jason in particular, this is a call to Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Jason wearing the mask. He wears a mask. That's why his name is Jason. But his double, Pluto, has like a pullover mm-hmm. kind of mask. And we find out that everything from like his below nose down. his nose down yeah, is burned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It, they're, they're mimicking each other. Pluto keeps playing with this match. Mm-hmm. And Jason manages to get his trick to work. Yes. And it does a big spark. Yep. It freaks out Pluto for a second. But then Jason sees his opportunity, gets out of the closet, slams the door, and then goes and hides where he was under the sink before. Mm-hmm. Where nobody was able to find him. Yes. Which, smart kiddo. He is smart. While that's all happening, Adelaide and Red are having their... Heart to heart. Heart to heart. <laughs> Red is pressing Adelaide down into the coffee table, which has a glass surface. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to, like, crack and shatter, but we have a really cool, like, visual shot where their reflections are what's shown, Mm -hmm. and when it splits, like, the crack goes in, like, in between them. It's cool. It's a good shot. But then, you know, someone is just crying and banging on a door somewhere in the house. So Red must take care of it. Yes, because Adelaide's like, that's yours. Yep. Which is a great line. Yep. Like, as a mom to another mom, but, like, evil moms and whatnot, like... It's great. That's yours. (laughs) Go deal with your own shit. My boy outsmarted your boy type of a deal. Yep, yep, very much. Love it. So, she's... Red's gonna go deal with that. But because Adelaide is handcuffed to the table... (laughs) She she gets a fire poker. Yeah, and and that breaks the table. Yep. 
So she's going to remain chained the rest of the movie. Like, yeah. Uh, with, she's got handcuffs on one of her hands, right? Yeah. It's just one. No, it's on both. Is it on one? I'm pretty sure it's on both. It could just be on I'm one. I'm pretty sure it's just on one. Eh, it don't matter. Uh, because she breaks free, and she manages to find Jason, and they manage to get out. Yes. Gotta find Gabe and Zora, though. Yes. Well, they find... They find everybody outside. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna head on over to the Tylers to get help. Yes. Because the police haven't showed up. No. Which, at this point, should be past the 15-minute mark. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So, now we cut to the Tylers. <sighs> without without the uh, Wilsons here. It's just the Tylers. Yes, just the Tylers. So, it's very ki- clear that Kitty and Josh... Do not have the happiest of marriages. No, they're fighting over something. Music? She hears something outside and wants him to look because she's scared. And he's like, no, I'm too comfy. I'm not going to get up. Also, this house is noticeably higher end than... More modern, looks brand new. Yeah, beautiful furniture. Has no, like... Very tech savvy. It's not... It doesn't have, like, personality... Very modern. It doesn't have it doesn't have their personality. They right. could, t- could tell that Adelaide had connection in, in their home and mm-hmm. there's family photos and everything like that. There's not a lot of that in here. It's cold. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. So Josh gets up to look outside and he's playing it up. Oh gosh, oh, there's something. There's something. It's a squirrel. So he has Ophelia, their version mm-hmm. of Alexa. I'm making sure mine didn't turn on when I said that. (laughs) As that apparently happened on a different episode that we weren't recording on. Oh. (laughs) Shaun of the Dead apparently turned on. Oh, yeah, that's right, it did. Yep. That was funny. Um, They start playing... He has Ophelia start playing Good Vibrations. Um, mm-hmm. and then the tethered form, or the girls come out. Yeah, and the, the twins. One of the tethered of the twins comes up and I think slits her. Stabs her in the neck, yeah. Stabs her, yeah. So, the Tylers are offed very easily by their tethered. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Kitty. The, the Kitty. last one to get offed is Kitty. Yes. She gets the throat slit after okay. trying to have Ophelia call the police, which then... Switches from good vibrations to fuck the police. Which is hilarious. Coming straight from the underground, which, ha, nailed it. They're coming from the underground. That was a very funny moment as well. It was. And it was kind of a cool, it was a good moment. It was. A plus. Um, And the Wilsons managed to make it to the Tylers. Mm -hmm. And they realize what happened because... (laughs) Pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, Adelaide gets sucked into the house by the twins, mm-hmm. and Josh and Gabe now have to fight. Yes. And the Tethered are all wearing these red jumpsuits. Yes. So I'm, I'm not sure if we mentioned that, and a glove. Yes, so which... the glove is in reference to Michael mm-hmm. Jackson. Yep. The scissors are their choice of weapon to break the Tether, like it's like a line that to they're going to... cut it, right. Yeah, cut, cut the line. And I had something where the red jump, what the red jumpsuits were. I think I read that somewhere, but I can't. It's remember. supposed to mimic the Hands Across America because it's all the red. Yes. Uh, like paper cutouts, so they're all dressed. In red. In red, 
And they all have the same sandals, it too. It gave very, very reminiscent of uh, prison jumpsuit vibes, too, which I think is very fitting, considering mm-hmm. their background, so... It's also very uniform. Yes. They're very united. Yeah. I mean, I'll give them that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very organized. <laughs> um, so, Gabe and Josh fight on the biatch. Mm-hmm. Which is a great name for a boat. Yep. A plus. Which... I'm disappointed in this kill because we could have done so much more with the flare gun. It's very quick. You don't really we see don't, it. We don't see it. We just see the flare gun and we hear her scuffling and... Gabe, Gabe comes out victorious. Yes. I just wish we, we had a cool flare gun death. Mm-hmm. We could have done something there, guys. Uh, but the kids get armed. Yes. And they go and take out the twins. Mm-hmm. And go take out Kitty. Yeah, because... To save Mom. Adelaide got knocked out by Kitty. And then re-handcuffed to... To another... Yes, so now she's double-cuffed because she only had one cuff on the hand that she removed from the table. Kitty undid that one, put it on her other one on the bed. Yes, yep. So now she's... I'm like, she's double-handcuffed through most of the movie. I'm like, this is where it is. So. And Kitty is, uh, doppelganger Kitty is giving herself the plastic surgery that actual Kitty had. Yep. This Putting on creepy. lipstick, cutting she, her cheekbones. She hasn't killed Adelaide, which is interesting. No, because, I mean, if you think about it, Red, Adelaide's tethered, mm-hmm. uh, is essentially like their leader. Yeah. And. It's not her kill. Correct. <laughs> yeah. She threatens, but it's not her kill. Right. It, her job killing her tethered is done. Yeah, she's good. She's free. Yeah. So, but Jason manages to off Kitty, mm-hmm. and the whole family is, is safe once again. Yep. And figuring out what they're going to do next. So they're watching the yeah. news, realizing that this is happening everywhere. Worldwide phenomenon. No. Only in the United States. You're right. United States phenomenon. But, either way. Yes. This is United States only. There is no reports of this happening in any other country. Is this uh, the part where they find out that there's just people standing? Yes. So, when they're watching the news, they're starting to see the Hands Across America line. Yep. Uh, We see more people getting killed in the background and everything like that. It's horrible. Uh, 911 lines are all busy on hold. Like, you can't get through to the police. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh cameramen who are covering the news are getting offed like it's it's bad chaos so the family's like okay well we need to figure out where to go gabe wants to stay because now he's in the nice swanky house yeah and we have everything we would ever want here why don't we just stay she's like no i mean all valid because they like they're surrounded by the dead they're dead quote-unquote friends, as well as their tethered versions. And I also think, I think Adelaide say so, says something along the lines of, there are tethered, they'll know where we are, they're always going to be one step ahead yeah. of us, unless we think outside of the box, so we can't stay. Yeah, so she's like, let's go to Mexico, which, if this is only happening in the United States, great idea, go to Not Mexico. Not bad idea. Not bad. Cross the border and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they steal the Tyler's car. Mm-hmm. Zora gets in the front seat, but nobody's got the cars, the car keys. Right. So Adelaide goes back for it, realizes one of the twins is still alive. 
fights her, wins, and we have this back and forth about who has the highest kill count in the family, Mm -hmm. and it's Gabe. Yep. He's winning, but he's busted. Zora wants to drive, Mm -hmm. and the decision is made that she has to be the one to drive because Zora... Uh, sees Ombre in in front of the car. Yeah, and there's no the car. there's no time to argue. Nope. So Adelaide gets in the back, and Zora takes out her tethered with this wonderful back and forth with the car. She gets her over a tree, and then Adelaide gets out of the car and kind of sees Ombre in her last moments. Yes, she's laughing hysterically, mm-hmm. like she's twisted up like a pretzel in the trees, and it's then horrible. she dies. Yeah. But Adelaide feels sympathy. Because yes. it's like seeing her child die before her. That'd be pretty fun. Or, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons why she feels that connection mm-hmm. that we'll talk about later. And it will be obvious what that other thing is. Yeah. And so, they make it to morning. Mm-hmm. And as they're driving, they see that their car that they left behind is on fire. Yeah, in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. And Pluto was underneath the car for a little bit and mm. emerges. Yep. Um, and so Adelaide is going to go out and try and talk to Pluto. I don't know if this was a try to reason. She was trying to reason with him. Because I don't think she wanted to see another version of, like, her children die. Yeah. But uh, Jason realizes that it's all a trap. Saves the family from getting blown up. Mm-hmm. And also kills his... Kills Pluto, because yes. Pluto mimics everything Jason does, so he just backs up into the, mm-hmm. has him back up into the burning car. Yes. And we realize that Red was kind of using Pluto as, like... As bait. As bait. So she snatches Jason while everybody else is occupied, mm-hmm. and takes him to the tunnels. Adelaide realizes this and goes after them. Gabe and Zora, not so much. They're going to go chill out by the ambulance. Right. And get some supplies. Mm-hmm. And start figuring out the next course of action once Jason gets back. Yep. So now we're in the tunnels. And we get this, uh, another slight monologue from Red. Yeah, she's standing at the chalkboard. We're, we're in that rabbit the classroom. classroom. All the rabbits are free. Yeah, they're just chilling out in the tunnel now. Yeah. Because no one else is in the tunnels anymore. No. All the captives are free. Yep. So we get a huge battle, D- essentially dance battle, dance yeah. slash battle. <laughs> and we get the whole backstory of the dancing and feeling that God was in that moment. Because she realized that she was the one in control. So the Adelaide switched when they were young. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. So Red is actually Adelaide and Adelaide is actually Red. Yeah. We'll get into more detail when that comes up, but... I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, they switched at birth. And that's why... Or not at birth. No, When the they were six house. or seven. Uh, so they switched in the fun house. That's why Red is able to talk, because she had the knowledge of speaking before. And the reason her voice sounds so bad is because original Red choked her. Mm-hmm. And damaged her vocal cords, which they did with... So the little girl who played young Adelaide... Um, she actually, like, squeezed, like, a green cup Mm -hmm. that they just, uh, changed in after everything was done, but they, in that scene, it's really, they show that. They show, like, her choking herself, and that's not 
it's like really weird. It's CGI, it's a head replacement, it's an arm replacement, so it looks really weird too, and it's supposed to because it's not really reality. Like, it, it yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we get a lot of those back flashbacks as the battle goes on. And while they're battling, they're also going, like, doing this all to a really weird orchestrated version of I Got Five on it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't notice that at first. I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is sick. Like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> and I Got Five on it is about two people both giving $5 to buy a $10 bag of marijuana, right? Yep. Okay. It's about drugs. Yep. Um, so they, they have this long battle, but... Adelaide, the one that we know, the 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 we're one that we're we're gonna keep going with like the white and the the red. So white Adelaide, uh, she wins, and she lets out this guttural scream that sounds very familiar, and it all kind of clicks. it clicks. And so when she she chokes out red, mm -hmm. she kills her. Kills her. Uh, and then finds Jason hiding in a locker. And he's kind of realized. Yeah, Jason now knows that his mom was once a tethered. Yes. Um, so they make it out. Jason also walks away with a bunny. So he gets a I free- I mean, me too. He gets a free bunny. So as they're driving, the family's driving out, uh, Adelaide remembers everything. She remembers herself that she's a tethered. She smiles at Jason. Jason, who usually hides behind his mask for anxiety, but doesn't really hide from his family. Mm -hmm. He puts on his mask after staring at mom. He's like, nope, I don't trust mom anymore. I mean, me too. And then we zoom out, and we see the Hands Across America tethered edition. And it looks like the United States has some semblance of control over this now, and is taking care of the tethered, I guess would be a way to say it. I, it, it was helicopters and stuff. It looked more like the tethered one. That's a good way of saying it, because they killed their doppelgangers before becoming in the line. Correct. They had to kill their double before going in the line, and judging by how many people are in that line, true, it was looking more like the tethered one. Okay, that's Or at fair. least hefty majority of the tethered one. Yeah. So, that's the movie! Now, I have, I have questions here, because okay. I, I want to explore this a little bit, but do you think Adelaide, white Adelaide, the one that used to be the tether, do you think she's evil? Uh, yes and no, because there, there's talk about her, like, being, like, like how the rest of the tethered were the complete opposite, where she was mean yeah. and abusive and angry and violent and, and things of that nature, um, but since she switched and kind of forgot her tethered life, she managed to become the real one. Yeah. And switch places. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's... It's that vitamin D, man. You need that vitamin yeah. D to be happy. <laughs> when you're underground so much, you don't get no vitamin D. No, I get it. But that that's my interpretation, is that she became... From tethered to real? I never I never thought about this, but I wasn't so sure that she ever forgot she was tethered, but I guess... Based on her reactions throughout most of the movie, it seemed like she she forgot. It's entirely possible. 
She was very young as well, so And she was scared and freaked out, and she didn't recognize initially what was happening. She didn't... She wasn't comprehending things of that nature, but when she started to... Which also, it, like, kind of begs the question on the other side, why didn't Red go back? Why didn't Red try and come back to the life that she knew? She didn't know how to get out, because when she was taken... She was she was knocked out, dragged down there. And then she was she was bound, wasn't she? She was handcuffed to the bed. Yep. And when she woke up, like that was it. Mhm. Like she had no real knowledge of how to get out. So, so I mean, six or seven, you're lost in these tunnels. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Now, if she was awake when she was taken down there, that'd be another thing. But she was knocked out and woke up, mm-hmm. handcuffed. Yeah. So, your thoughts on the movie? Uh. Your uncle good, wants to know. Yeah. It's a good movie, but it's, I don't, I'm just not, I don't like this one that much. Okay. I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it, but I think talking it through, I think there's a lot of questions to explore in this movie, and we could go into so much depth about it and mm-hmm. pick each other's brains, but I don't. I don't feel like I connected, or maybe not connected is the right word. I don't feel like I understood this one as well as I got Get Out. That's fair. This one is more complicated. Definitely. Um, now, we watched these two in different orders. I watched Us before Get Out, and you watched Get Out before Us. Yes. So, granted, don't get me wrong, I freaking love Get Out. Yeah. And I also love Us. But, like, ultimately I do think Get Out is a better movie. Yeah. Uh, but I do really enjoy Us. I like complex movies, so I like trying to figure things out. So to me, it being complicated just adds to it. I just think that there's a lot of questions I have that didn't get explained. Like the tethered version versus Alec, because it's just, it's very, it's just very interesting. But... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't, like I said, I can't pinpoint it. I don't know why. So our kill count is actually 66 because I counted, we counted, I counted all the dead bodies we saw along the way. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So how in the heck? 66 on screen dead people. Okay. Fair. So we gotta give it a little something. A little something. A little something. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll go kind of back and forth on our fun facts, and mm-hmm. I, mo- I mostly did a lot of, like, background symbolism stuff, and Kelly found a lot of fun facts as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll quick just kind of bounce around and give what we found throughout the movie real quick. Yep. Uh, so when shooting the, like, back and forth scenes, Lupita would remain in character for Red the entire day and not break. Very very creepy. Yeah, so they would do the red scene one day and then the white scene the next day. Usually, And yeah. the next day, Jordan Peele would mimic Lupita's voice mm-hmm. so that uh, at the Adelaide version can react in real time to how she said it the day before. Yeah. So, so creepy. It's just really creepy. Watching Jordan Peele also do the voice is also very eerie. Mm. It creepy, because he was using it into a microphone. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, it's so creepy. Um, that final fight scene between Red and White, it took two days to film. And speaking of, um, 
Lupita doing those scenes, she generally liked to play red in the scenes before she did mm-hmm. with white. She said she preferred to play the more dominant character first because it's easier to react to, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um. So actually, I, I did a little... Here, this is a little blurb of what Hands Across America is. It was a charity event in uh, 86 where if you donated $10, you would reserve your spot uh, to be part of the link for Hands Across America, uh, uh, raising awareness for hunger and homelessness. And Jordan Peele, I think he wanted to call that out, right? Because it's very much like, I'll give my money, I'm going to solve a problem, but the poverty is a much bigger problem than just throwing $10 at it. He did also think that the commercial was creepy. It is creepy. So, both of those reasons make for a good good horror movie. And they do say the word tethered in the commercial, which is yep. kind of where we get that tethered name mm-hmm. for the doppelgangers. Um, so, Jordan Peele has a couple different inspirations for this. One is a Twilight Zone episode um, called Mirror Image, and then the idea of the tunnels and everything came from kind of a... I don't know if nightmare, scary idea that Jordan Peele had back when he used to take the train a lot, where he could, you know, you get down and you look and there's stairs going out and it's like you could see yourself Mm -hmm. leaving that train station. So that's kind of where that comes from. So, uh, we also have some more symbols. So whack-a-mole, obviously a metaphor for keeping stuff that should be below ground, underground, and back down, like hide it, hide it, hide it. Um, also there was rock, paper, scissor references throughout the movie. So, Jason beats Kitty with a rock. Okay. She's holding scissors. Yep. Um, and Adelaide beats Red with a sharp poker, kind of reminiscent of scissors, as Red is holding onto paper. Mm-hmm. And also, like, a lot of the characters in the background at the boardwalk were playing rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, yeah. They, scissors they are very dominant, like... So, a lot of a lot of games, a lot of magic symbolism. Uh, also, rabbits, I'm just going to jump into those too, um, are symbolic for reproduction and, and also a symbol in magic, frequently, yeah, like the yeah. rabbit pulling out a hat. They're supposed to be good luck, like a rabbit's foot. Yes. So, and scissors are kind of the opposite symbol. So, they're cutting ties as well as they're the main tool for vasectomies, if you think about it. So... Cutting I the... don't because I don't know much about vasectomy. <laughs> well, now you do. So it's like stopping the reproduction of the people above. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the four family members of the Wilsons, they kind of represent a, a foursome mm-hmm. that each have their own role. So Adelaide is your leader. Zora is your warrior, very much the athletic type. Mm-hmm. Gabe is the fool. And, um, Jason is your wizard. All of that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, some stuff that was hidden in the closet. So there was a game called Magic in the background. Magic. As well as Guess Who. And a Candyland, but the the version where, like, the characters are rabbits instead of, like, humans. Yes. Um, one other thing is... Some of the mirrors in the red jumpsuits, people think that's also, like, a call to Alice in Wonderland, because that's, like, a through the mirror, through the looking glass type of yep. thing, which is... Down the rabbit hole? Oh! oh! <laughs> Nailed it. Yes. Um, in Good Vibrations, there are also lyrics that can, that we're playing specifically, so, 
Um, I love the colorful clothes she wears, so, mm. like, looking up and, like, the sunlight plays on her hair, so being able to see the sun. Gentle word, like, I hear the sound of a gentle word. Uh, the wind that lifts her perfume. So, like, everything that's, like, reminiscent of up there and wanting to be up there with that person. And then another line, close my eyes, she's somehow closer now. Like, these are lyrics in Good Vibrations that were playing in the background. Never gonna be able to listen that the same way again. No. Um, the, the way that <coughs> we first see the doppelgangers in the driveway, the order in which they're standing is the way that the decals are on the back of their car of the stick figure family mm-hmm. when we first see the family. I didn't notice that, actually. I didn't either. I read that, though. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. So, there's a... So, the t-shirt prize is 11, which I mentioned, but there's also another t-shirt in the prize for Black Black Flag, which that t-shirt pops up two or three times throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. So, on it, it has four four bars that are similar to, like, 1111, and it mirrors itself. But Black Flag also has a song that's one of their more popular songs called Rise Above. Oh! Mm. <laughs> creepy. The twins are supposed to be like the twins from The Shining. There's a lot of Shining references. In I mean, this. that's one of Jordan Peele's favorite movies, yeah, which we talked sense. about in Get Out. Yeah, and apparently there's one scene in, on the beach when they're laying down that's supposed to be reminiscent of the way that the girls are laying down in The Shining movie when they're murdered. There's like a quick scene of that. Huh. I guess so. Alright. Yeah, creepy. Yeah? Creepy beans. So, there's also a moment where Jason is eating Fruit Loops, which is a nod to get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cast, apparently Jordan Peele gave them a list of horror movies that they want. he wanted them to watch before kind of getting ready for this. Are you ready, you ready mm-hmm. for the list? It's Jaws, which Jason wears a Jaws shirt at mm-hmm. some point in the movie. Uh, Dead Again, I've never seen that one. Love that movie. The Shiny. Well, I mean, obviously. Obvi. The Babadook. It follows. Yeah. A tale of two sisters. Okay. I've never seen that one either. The birds. Funny games. Martyrs. Let the right one in. And the sixth sense. All of them make a lot of sense. I haven't seen like half of those. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Adelaide, who is the one primarily wearing white or very light clothing. Uh, it progressively gets more red as more blood is hitting on it, like, revealing that she is actually the real tethered. And then there are also a lot... Oh! Another reason why they chose red, uh, jumpsuits, I found my fun fact about it, is also Michael Jackson wears the red leather outfit in In, the Thriller video. Yes, which, uh, Adelaide's t-shirt in the very beginning is specific to Thriller. Correct. So. Uh, so... Uh, also, they changed, uh, the, the sound system to Ophelia, which is in reference to Hamlet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ophelia is someone in that world that is driven mad by the duality in her life, like, does Hamlet love her, is he just using her, all this, and eventually she kills herself. I also read that Ophelia is very similar to some word that means help. Yep. Like, in some language, I can't remember which one it was. Um... And then there's a lot of Twin Tower references in the background, in the commercials, like, it's mentioned. Hmm. Um, so also, those are mirror images of each other. Yep. And also, it's an attack on American soil. Yeah. Yep. So, another reference there. 
The last thing I have is Adelaide is uh, similar to the Australian city uh, oh, yeah. name, and which that's the land down under. We come from a land down under. Yes, <laughs> and uh, Zora's ne- name means dawn. Uh, that transitions into uh, from night to oh, day. Yeah, and then ombre means shadow. So oh, d- that's what that I was wondering. Yeah. Uh, that's all the fun facts slash background stuff I could find. Same. I just have taglines. Hit us with the taglines. Okay, the first one I think was probably the poster art, but um, we are our own worst enemy. Very nice. Oh ha ha! I mean, it's so true because I beat myself up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety. I love it. <laughs> Sign me up for a glass of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, so hard on myself and everything I do. Oh, my oh gosh. Um, from Jordan Peele, writer-director of Get Out, comes a new nightmare. Watch yourself. Two years ago, Jordan Peele redefined the genre with Get Out. On March 22nd, discover his new nightmare. All right. All right. They seem legit. Anything else you want to cover before we grade? No, I don't have anything else. Then let's grade this shit. So, Christy and I have five questions that we answer on a scale of 1 to 10 for a possible score of 50 each, 100 total. Just helps us grade the movies so we can put them on some kind of scale. Yes. Oh, which I did, we didn't, like, figure all that out before we started no, recording. No, we got so excited to record this <laughs> we, one. We did. What, what's your score? So, uh, we're, we'll, we'll grade and then I'll... Just add I got, it, the, I got my, the score in my head. I know what it is. I just saw your score, so I. Can... I mean, yeah. So we'll we'll figure out the score here right now. So, uh, was this movie scary slash was it a good horror movie? I said eight. So I was a little unkind because I'm just not really sure about it. I give us a six. I don't find it particularly scary either. Okay. It's creepy. When but, when um... we go through this question it's always to me was it a good good horror movie no movie has really scared me so maybe we change this over to just a good horror movie yeah I think okay because like nothing scares me now if i find something that's scary yeah it's gonna be a 10 because obviously that means it's good because it did its job yeah but yeah for me it's always going with that second was question it, was it i mean a good it's kind of implied movie? in good horror movie theoretically for me, it would be. Yeah, but scary and horror don't necessarily mean the same How thing. about this? Was it a good scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? I mean, <laughs> when you ask it like that, it's gotta be Scream. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, was it a good horror movie? I said an eight. What did, what did you say? I said a six. Okay. Uh, how was the acting? Ten. Ten. I mean, Obvious. On. Like, everybody did a phenomenal job. Yes. Across the board, playing two opposites of each other. Yep. It's great. Uh, special effects. Nine. I said ten. Uh, there's something in there, I think. There was one or two scenes where the blood looked a little weird. But other than that, it was fine. I had no issues with the blood. It had good consistency and it was the right color. Um, was it a compelling story or have interesting twists? Eight. I said seven. Cool. I mean, I don't know. Uh, and how was the character development and writing? Nine. Eight. So, I just told score 42. I had 43, so which 85. is... 85, which is putting us at a tie for the sixth sense. Yeah, that's accurate. I feel like that's a pretty, uh, pretty good. So, we have another tie. Now, we do officially have a tiebreaker for Fright Night versus Sinister. Yeah. By an overwhelming amount of votes, Fright Night is the victor. Yes, Christine had to inform me of this the other day. She's like, well... 
sinister lock. I didn't and I was like, say it like that. Me. I did not say it like that. You're going to make me sound like I'm the worst <laughs> to everybody. No, no, but you were giving me kind of a hard time. I mean, but A little bit. It makes sense, though. Fright Night, like I told Christy, is a more enjoyable movie to watch. It is. Yeah, it's also on the, like, more classic side, so more people have seen it. Yes. it's been out longer, of course. Yep. Um... But yeah, I I gave you a little bit of a hard time. I'm giving Just, you a bad time. <laughs> you're giving me a bad time. I gave you a little hard time <laughs> off mic. <laughs> okay. So uh, soon we'll post up a, a another poll for Urban Legend versus Friday Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that we'll do the tiebreaker for Six Sense and Us in the future. And what are we watching next week, Christy? So we're going to be covering Child's Play. I asked us to cover this one because this is Chucky, and I have never seen it, and I feel like Chucky is a, a major horror icon that I really should be introduced to, so we're covering Child's Play. Yeah, and then uh, the next time after that we have a recommendation, and then after that, Kelly. What? I believe it's our 50th episode. After yeah. after the recommendation. <laughs> So that one, as always, since it's the 25th, like, bookmark, mm-hmm. uh, we'll do a double feature of some sequels. Yeah, so we'll be in, we'll talk about that later, but stay tuned. We're very excited. My gosh, we've been at this for almost two years, and we're Can almost on believe it? episode 50. I'm very excited. And we've talked to people who seem really excited to maybe come on the podcast, so some guests might be in the works. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. Always excited. Always lo- like finding new people in into horror in the friend groups. There are quite a few people that like horror, as I'm finding out, which is weird because growing up I knew pretty much no one. Yeah, I mean, for a long time I was watching the horror movies by myself, mm-hmm. like watching them in the dark in my college dorm room because I had nothing better to do <laughs> at like one o'clock in the morning. But order toppers and watch Grave Encounters and I Grave mean. Encounters too. I can't blame you. I love Grave Encounters. I mean, I was also working on my art projects, so... It was, like, background noise, kind of? Kind of, but, like, I, I, I was trying to power through so much of my projects in college. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you like our artwork as much as we do... Please go check out my sister, Danielle, at Danny Draws Dragons on Instagram. She's amazingly talented. Or check out our uh, episode on Annihilation, which she guests on. Yes, I mean, that's that was also a fun episode to that record. Was, that was fun. Because I love Danielle. She's great. Danielle's the best. I love her. <laughs> um, and then also, if you want to go out and vote on all these polls that we're going to be posting, or join in the conversation, or give us recommended movies, which all of the above are acceptable, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nerved or on Facebook. We have a wonderful group over there mm-hmm. at Unnerved, a horror movie podcast. Um, also, if you want to know what we're covering before, like right away because I tend to post on Instagram. You can find me over there at Lilith underscore Hilltopple. Yep. All the links that we just listed in the description below. I think that's the best we've ever done that. (laughs) I'm going to give us a pat on the back. You know what we deserve, Christy? Dinner. Dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, we're going to sign off. So you guys got to stay safe. And you got to stay spooky. You know what? 
Get an extra shot of spook in your Spooky latte spooky. in the morning. Go find your near. I don't drink coffee. I don't know how that yeah. works. <laughs> uh, I don't very much really ever because it, I get way too excited on coffee. But uh, go check out in your area if you have any haunting or haunters conventions. Go support people who do that because oh, that's yeah. really cool. Oh, yeah. So October, yeah, definitely go find. Go to your local haunted house. Go. Yeah. Get some friends. Go there. They'll love you. Yeah. And please be safe and responsible when you do so. Absolutely. So, in the meantime, uh, do everything we just told you to do. And uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks for Child's Play. Ooh, 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 ooh. Bye! Bye!